0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Surely Can't Be Serious podcast, discussing and debating the iconic and the forgotten of 80s and 90s pop culture with your co hosts, James D. Graves and Jason Colvin. Mm -hmm. okay welcome back baseball and podcast fans we are here for our second episode on bull durham versus major league i'm here with my friend jason colvin d how you doing how's your wife and my kids (laughs) (laughs) love it all right let's dive back into these movies all right we ready to talk about yeah let's talk about the love interest now all right all right okay so bull durham we have annie savoy played by susan sarandon the term
1: in baseball for a groupie the way they call them an annie and savoy has to do with a bat the savoy special so annie savoy and susan sarandon got this part the studio didn't want to hire her they thought she was too old and not sexy enough
0: Right so they That's sent right. her in to talk to the studio executive wearing a low cut incredibly tight fitting dress and yes. she leaned over his desk for about half an hour <laughs> and walked <laughs> out was, with the part she she was 41 when she did this movie yeah
1: also considered for the part of Annie Savoy Kim Basinger, Ellen Barkin, Kate Capshaw, Gina Davis, Isabella Rossellini, Melanie Griffith, Carrie Fisher, Deborah Winger, Michelle Pfeiffer, Kelly McGillis, Mary Steenburgen, Glenn Close, Kay Lenz, and Pamela Stevenson. So every actress
0: in Hollywood was considered for this (laughs) part. I think think Susan Sarandon is the perfect fit for Annie Savoy. I can't imagine anybody else doing this part. I would say Renee Russo because they are the two ladies who I thought got better looking as years went on. But Renee Russo at the time that this movie came out, she didn't have the age for it yet. She wasn't old enough. I like that Susan Sarandon is kind of that, for lack of a better word, cougar, you know, looking for somebody to manipulate kind of character. So it really fit that she was a little bit older than the player that she said. Absolutely. She had to
1: be older, wise, yeah. And sexy.
0: Yeah. You had to have a little bit of wisdom in the eyes. And I think that of all of those, you know, whatever 103 actresses that you just mentioned, <laughs> that she was the one that, that had the right, the right wisdom about her face.
1: Could you see princess Leah as
0: Annie Savoy? No, no, no it would have been weird. We always like to imagine the alternate universe where we
1: have, Kurt Russell Anthony Michael Hall and say Ellen Barkin as
0: Annie it's a totally different movie woke up one day what did I find so the love interest in Major League is played by Renee Russo. Character's name is Lynn Wells. Renee Russo was actually pretty well a newcomer when this movie came out. She was not widely known. Her first movie. She, she had done a couple of little things before this, but this was her first major motion picture. And she went on to do a ton of stuff including one of your favorites, Lethal Weapon 3 and 4. Right. Thor yeah, she was mother to Thor, and then she was also in Ten Cup with Kevin Costner from Bull Durham. Oh, that's right. I I knew that, but I don't know why I didn't make that connection. Have you ever seen The Thomas Crown Affair? Yeah, and hello. Yeah, she's good in that. Yes. <laughs> Google search. <laughs> and so here's my question for you. Yep. Let's talk about each one of these movies separately, but is the love story necessary? Because we're talking about baseball movies here, right? And so yes. why do we have a love story? I mean, like Tombstone. Like the movie Tombstone, is a, it's a Western. Why the heck are we having a love story in it? I, you get rid of that whole love story, and it's a better movie as good as it already is. So right. here's my question. For Major League... Is the love story necessary? No. I agree with you. I love Renee Russo. I love the part that she plays in this. She's gorgeous to look at, but I think you can get rid of the love story and it's still a great movie. It's just kind of a way of showing how Jake Taylor is trying to get his life back together and that's about it. On the flip side of that, if you get rid of the love story, you don't have the scene in the attorney's apartment, in the fiance's apartment. And I think that is one of the best scenes in the movie. Jake is a professional baseball player. That scene, so he intrudes upon a dinner party that's already happening
1: and he joins the conversation and she says, wow, you play baseball, huh? Where do you play? And he's like, well, here in Cleveland. She's like, they still have a
0: team. Yeah, they have um, uniforms and everything.
1: <laughs> and she said, I hear the ballplayers make great money. And he said, well, that depends on how good you are. And she said, well, how good are you? And he said, I make the league minimum. At that time in 1989, the league minimum, $68,000. Right. The average salary in America, $30,000.
0: Right. So, so you're making still, twice. Yeah, it's not a bad gig in the late 80s. Okay, so Exciting. to the love to the love story in Bull Durham is the love story, love triangle thing necessary for this movie? Absolutely, absolutely agree with you on that one, for yeah. sure. I think it makes the movie because the love story between Susan Sarandon and uh, Nuke is not really the love story. It is this kind. He is just kind of this middle figure in the love story between Crash and Annie. That's right. That's right.
1: The fact that Annie and Crash end up together is the whole arc of the story. That's where
0: we're going. Absolutely. And they're made for each other. Yeah, I mean, you've got two wise folks who love the game of baseball who are just, you know, looking to make it one more time. Right. I want to bring eight.
1: Okay. The movie Bull Durham was shot in October and November of
0: 1987.
1: Yes. There's tons of scenes where you're watching, you can see their breath.
0: It's supposed to be the hottest summer on record, but that it's... You the announcer says, says can, it's the hottest yeah.
1: summer on record, and yet Crash takes his catcher's mask off in a scene and he's steaming, right? Right. And then you can see their breath. The nightmare scene where Nuke is on the mound and he's pitching and nothing but his jock strap.
0: Yeah. And the garter.
1: Yeah. And the garters. Um, Tim Robbins said, I was freezing cold. And they had to put, <laughs> they, they lubed him up with something that made him greasy
0: because he oh, said, I was d- freezing that to that one, death. Yeah. Yeah, so. that was he was supposed to be sweaty, but he's just had Vaseline all over. him. <laughs> right. <laughs> so another scene in the movie is the scene where they're so exhausted and they're just like, "We just need a night off." And Crash is like, "I can get your rain out." And they're like, "There's not a cloud in the sky." He goes, "Bet you a hundred dollars, I can get your rain out." And then they go and it, the drunk, the drunk playing that they're doing. I mean, if that's acting, if they're not actually drinking, they did a phenomenal job because they look trashed. So that what that happens in the movie is they set the sprinklers off in order to flood the field, right? And they get the rain out. Well, this is based on something that actually happened to Ron Shelton when he was in the minor leagues. They were down in Texas. They were actually hanging out and partying with some of the Amarillo players, and they decided they didn't want to play the next day. And so they went down and they did the exact same thing. They set off the sprinkler system, totally flooded the field. The only problem was the Amarillo owner happened to have access to a helicopter, and so he flew the helicopter over there and dried the field out and they still had to play completely hungover the next day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ron Shelton said, so they went and turned on the sprinklers and the scene was supposed to kind of end there with the, all the ball players kind of around. And Kevin Costner's like, you know what I would do if I was him? I'd run and go dive in the dirt. And he's like, well, it's freezing cold, but if you want to do it, I'll film it. So they set it up and that was kind of all on Kevin Costner. And that yeah. really makes the scene, the, the joy, the boyish joy of sliding around in the dirt,
0: you know? Right. It's a game. Have fun. It's supposed to be fun. It's fun, GD. So, <laughs> um, what does he know about having fun?
1: <laughs> I'm young. I'm young. I'm having fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's a ritual that Annie passes a note back and forth to the dugout a couple of times. Yeah. Once she tells Nuke that he's not been in his back enough. And, and Ron Shelton talks about how <laughs> they used to do this all the time. But uh, one of the times, Crash writes a note to Annie, gives it to the kid, he delivers it to her. Well, Millie reads it to her, right? And when she reads it, she says, what does it say? She said, well, it says, I want
0: to make love to you, Crash. Well, if you watch what he writes. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw it. That's not what he wrote down. (laughs) (laughs) He he writes, let's F
1: sometime. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, good good job for Millie for for editing that one. There's an unsung hero there. Millie, I think, is just a sweet little piece of this movie. She's just so enjoyable and genuinely comfortable with with herself. And I, I love I love Millie in this movie.
1: Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Ron Shelton said that uh, she was very popular among the actors uh, <laughs> because of her looks. So, right. At the very beginning, when. Nuke and Crash meet. They, they are both at a bar and Annie turns and she looks and she says, who is that? And he's like, well, that's the young pitcher. He said, who's who's he dancing with? And she says, all of them, I think. So he has this <laughs> dance scene where he's dancing with all these girls. Right. You know, choreographed Paula Abdul. That scene. Yeah, Paul yeah,
0: Abdul. Abdul. And she was supposed to, she, she was like, I thought I was going to have two lines out of this. And Ron Shelton's like, I never agreed to that. And she flipped right on out. She flipped out. He said the last time you saw, she was walking out screaming. But I mean, really... Looking at that scene, at the dancing that's going on, was there really choreography to <laughs> <You know> that? <laughs> I, mean, was there really? I mean, that looked like the worst dancing I've ever seen. How did Paula Abdul choreograph that bit?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Uh, Kevin Costner I saw, he was talking to Dan Patrick about when he stepped up to hit for the first time. Right. He's in uniform and, you know, he's the big movie star and he's out there with all these guys who can play baseball. A lot of minor league players, a lot of college level players who are out there as extras and stuff. And so he said it was batting practice. And the first time he swung, he uh, swung and, and missed. The second time he swung and it was a line drive, but he said it, it fell in like a limp.
0: Beep. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Then the third one, he hit out of the ballpark. Nice. And so. He said the first two, he was like, Oh no. And then when he hit that third one, he was like, Oh, thank you. You know?
0: Right. Well, and they did get local college players to be the extras for the team and for the opposing teams. But in the stands, they got those extras from a concert. Like they came out of a Pink Floyd concert. and You you can see them. They're wearing Pink Floyd t-shirts out there in the Boulder stands. I really appreciate this about Ron Shelton. So when he hired actors, he wanted
1: people that had either played baseball uh-huh. or loved baseball or both. And as a ball player, I really appreciate that, right? Right. That makes a difference when I view this movie. Now, we'll talk here in a minute whether I think Tim Robbins ever looks like say, he can throw over 80 miles per hour. I don't think he looks that way. Right. But one of the things he did when he auditioned actors to play in this movie, is in the interview room he would set a baseball down and because people are uncomfortable during the audition process if they found something that they were comfortable with i.e a baseball they would Uh go over pick it up kind of rub it hold it in their hand i know that's what i would do i'd pick up that ball i'd be rubbing it right right yeah and he said he didn't even have to audition the people that picked up a ball because he knew that's who he was looking for
0: perfect that that is awesome So on that note, in Major League, they got some Major League players to be extras in that movie as well. But some key parts, the opponents for the Yankees, the guy that they called Haywood, was played by Peter Vukovic. Peter Vukovic was the former pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers and never hit a single home run in his life. He had had been, I'm sorry, in his Major League career, he had never hit a home run. I don't know about his, you know. Maybe in Little League or something. Um, <laughs> but he was barely even on base because the American League has a designated hitter rule, which allows them to use a designated hitter. That's right. So this guy is not some scrub. This
1: guy won the 1982 Cy Young, which is the highest award you can get as a pitcher, right? Right. He was an incredible ball player, just wasn't a hitter. But when you look at him, I mean, clearly. I mean, every baseball player at some point growing up, you're, you're a third baseman and a pitcher and you hit and you pitch. And, and at some point you deviate and you become what you are.
0: Right. When he swings
1: a bat, he, you can tell this dude
0: can hit. And he was based on the former Yankees catcher Thurman Munson, right. who was also featured just kind of in the background in Bull Durham in a kind of little shrine that Annie Savoy has. The story was that Annie had a difficult time, maybe a father's funeral or something like that, and then went and saw Thurman Munson.
1: Yeah, it was supposed to be the backstory to Annie. They cut all this, but you know it had to do with the relationship of her dad, and she was a fan of Thurman Munson. Thurman Munson was actually killed in a plane crash. Yankee
0: catcher, well-known player. Right. The last scene, the famous scene where Jake Taylor calls his shot Yes. I mean, if you're not a baseball fan, you may not be familiar with this. This is something that Babe Ruth did. Yeah, anybody who was an adult at that point would have known that. Yeah. But yeah, now it, it is world famous that it. Babe Ruth, when he was playing he's for the Yankees, his called his shot and then hit it. And that's that's what that scene There's is playing
1: off of. The fact that you should know Babe Ruth pointed to the outfield like, I'm gonna hit this ball out. Jake Taylor does the same thing and you expect that here's this moment he's gonna try and jack this. Yeah. So when he lays down the
0: bunt, it's a complete surprise, and that's what it is. And it's brilliant, too. And they laid the foundation so well with that scene when they first arrive at the Major League Stadium, and Jake thinks he's all alone out there on the field, and he calls his shot and smashes it and runs the bases as though he's hit a home run. And then Willie Mays Hayes and Ricky Vaughn are clapping for him. Oh, you really got a hold of that one. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was out of here. That was out of here, man. But it was out of here. <laughs> One of the
1: things I thought was interesting about this, so Charlie Sheen, I think, is very effective. His motions, you can tell this guy's a ball player. And I believed it when they said he could throw hard because I'm watching him. I'm like, man, this guy can throw hard. But one of the things that they did is they moved the pitcher's mound to kind of give the illusion of speed. They moved it 10 feet closer. Yes, So normal baseball mound is 60 feet, 6 inches from the plate. They moved it 10 feet closer. So it looked, and then they did a lot of camera work from behind the catcher. But uh, loved, loved, loved the scene where he's practicing with that 10 fake baseball player, and he throws a pitch, and it takes the guy's head off. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Scene before that hits him in the groin, and then the guy falls. (laughs) first brilliant
1: in real life margaret witten who plays Rachel phelps yes she was a real life yankee season ticket holder oh nice she's a baseball fan
0: that's great yeah. Home run for Bert also in real life the billboard with the bull offering the free steak for whoever hits it Yeah. They actually still have that now. And if it gets tagged by home run, the batter gets a steak. If he hits the grass, he gets a free salad.
1: (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And that was totally created by the movie Bull Durham.
0: Yeah, they loved it so much they kept it.
1: In the original trailer for Major League, they talk about how they're all at dinner and Charlie Sheen says, they're talking about his his pitching day and Jake Taylor says, that ball would not have been out of a lot of parks. And Ricky Vaughn says, name one. And he says, Yellowstone,
0: right. right? Yes.
1: That was in the trailer and we all knew it from the trailer, but yes. it never made it to the movie. Exactly. But they decided you know, it was popular enough and people knew it enough that they,
0: they actually inserted it into major league two. I think there was probably a bit of an outcry because that, that line from the trailer may have been the reason that a whole lot of people went to go see that movie in the first place. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a classic line. that's not actually in the movie. It's, it's absurd.
1: Why would they cut that? It's so funny. I don't know why they would cut that. Coming or not,
0: boy. So also on bull Durham in the scene where they go outside when they've met for the first time and he throws them a baseball and says, hit me with this. Yes. And then he says, I hear you couldn't hit water if you fell out of a effing boat. Yeah. Tommy Lasorda, the guy who was the manager for the Dodgers, actually said this in 1984. (laughs) Tommy Lasorda. Tommy Lasorda. I love Tommy Lasorda. That's a great line. And that scene is
1: so funny. Oh my gosh. When when Crash and Nuke meet for the first time, they're going to fight. And Crash is already in his head from the moment they step outside. Come on, Meat. You're starting to think about it already. and how embarrassing it would be to miss in front of everybody. And he said, let's see that million dollar arm. Cause I got a good idea about that. Five cent head of yours. Brilliant.
0: Brilliant. So many classic lines in all of these also just a, a quick side note, the costume designer found out, I mean, crash Davis is, is such an awesome character. Um, but she found out that Ron Shelton's number was the number eight. And uh-huh. so she made that crash Davis's number for the movie. That's really cool. So the, I, I saw, or I heard Ron
1: Shelton talking about, they were on a tight budget. And everything that they got costume-wise for the for the actors in Bull Durham, they got at Goodwill. Um, oh, wow. So Kevin Costner's outfit when they fight, that bomber jacket, khakis, the golf shirt, she basically told Ron Shelton to get undressed and give Kevin Costner your clothes. That <laughs> Those were the, the clothes that he wore. That's, That's his great. jacket and yeah. his shoes. Yeah. And then um, he said uh, he sat down with – tim robbins and we're like okay here's what we're going for with your character we want a third rate john travolta right <laughs> <laughs> so they always had him in kind of these leisure suits yeah and rock yeah. And, roll and roll t-shirts tim robbins was the one who picked the t-shirts so the iron maiden the girls 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 all that he picked those rock and roll t-shirts which i secretly love
0: okay so let's talk about the Let's there talk so about many. some of the more memorable quotes from these two movies. You go first.
1: One of the, I'm, this is not a very memorable quote, but for whatever reason, my wife and I say this to each other all the time. Anytime I look at her and I, she's like, "Well, what do you think about this dress or whatever?" And I say, "Well, you look cute." <laughs> she, she will say back to me, "Baby ducks are cute. I want to be
0: exotic and mysterious." We love that line. We say that all the time to each other. One of the lines that <clears> I just grabbed out of the blue is. This son of a is throwing a two-hit shutout, and he's shaking me off. Can you believe this? Shit? Yeah. Charlie, here comes the deuce, and when you speak of me, speak what? Well.
1: <laughs> Ron Shelton said that actually happened to him. The catcher uh-huh. told him that he was going to throw a curveball, and the <laughs> and he said he was like, what? He just couldn't believe it, and when it happened, he the guy threw him a big old fat curveball. He said he didn't swing because he didn't trust the catcher. He didn't
0: believe it. That's what I was, I, I mean, that's the thought I have each time that, because he does it twice. He does it twice right. in the movie. Like first, you know, <laughs> he wants to announce his presence with authority and it's the fastball. Right. And then he does it again when Lelouch is, is excited about his curveball. Right. Yeah. And he does that over-exaggerated shakeoff. Yeah. Just a
1: quick baseball story. Yeah. I grew up playing baseball in high school. We, I was on a very good team. We were actually ranked in USA Today's top 25 at one point. Ooh. But we stole signs one time from our opposing team, right? Oh, you stole like the, okay, I, I got you now. Yes, stole
0: stole the signal signs, yes. Right,
1: so, I mean, the Houston Astros are in a world of hurt right now because they would steal them electronically and digitally with a camera and stuff like that. Well, We were just sitting in the dugout. The pitcher, the opposing pitcher, would look at his coach in the opposite dugout, and if the coach's legs were straight, it was fastball. If they were crossed, it was curved, and we picked it up. And the way we relayed it to the hitter was yeah. – so if you were up to bat and we said, come on, D, let's go, D. Come on, D, you're the best, D. That meant fastball. We said, let's go, Graves, 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 Graves. That meant curve. And we destroyed that team that day because we stole their pitches and they didn't know <laughs> what had happened. Your kid. All right, but another funny moment to me, one of the funniest moments of the entire movie is when the coach tosses all of the bats in the shower and he says, <laughs> anyone out in the shower in 10 seconds going to get fined 100 $100. It's brilliant. He calls them
0: lollygaggers? Yes. He's a lollygag on the field. You lollygag off the field. What does that make him, Larry? Lollygaggers.
1: Lollygaggers. <laughs> <laughs> Another line from that scene that we quoted all the time mm-hmm. on my baseball team was, it's a simple game. You throw the ball. You hit the ball. You catch the ball. <laughs> okay, so... One of, my, one of my favorite lines, of course, we've already mentioned this, but when Harris says, are you trying to tell me Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball?
0: <laughs> Dang it, you took mine. <laughs> I, think that the, I think that may be the most memorable line from the movie, for sure. In relation to that, I say, F you, Joe Boo. <laughs> I hit the ball myself.
1: Actually, the, the speech that Charlie Sheen gives Lou Brown... After he thinks he's cut. Oh, yeah. When he he barges into his office, flips the chair, his speech is very controlled. He's like, let me tell you something, Mr. Brown. I'm going to catch on somewhere. And when I pitch against you every time, I'm going to up your beep, beep, beep. Right. And then he throws that ball about a thousand miles an hour at the locker behind him. Mm-hmm. and uh, of course it turns out he's being pranked but right and blue brown is, is
0: not awesome. phased at all he yeah. doesn't
1: even blink
0: <laughs> yeah so that one is very similar to the other line that i've got here for this one i'm just going to go for it you ever tank another play like you did today and i'm going to cut off your nuts and shove them down your throat <laughs> Oh. Coffee, <laughs> this movie is just, it's so full of the trash talking stuff that we as guys say to each other all the time. Both of the movies just chalked full of it. I love that about it because it's very real, right? So
1: particularly Bull Durham, well, both of these movies, really, they take us where we don't get to go, right? We go to the pitcher's mound, we go to the meeting, we go to the locker room, we, you know, we're, we, we hear the conversations that actually happen. And it's not about baseball. It's about girls and partying and what, what things are happening, you know, like the candlestick scene or when Dorn goes out and tells him basically when the whole effing thing, even though. Yeah. He, he knows. just
0: slept with his wife. Right. 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 he just got one thing to say to you. <laughs> Strike this mother effer out. There you go. I like the line in Bull Durham when he's
1: telling Nuke how to hold a baseball. He's like, hold it like an egg. Right. <laughs> it's an egg. Yes. Yes. So when he comes out, I held it like an it, egg. <laughs> he's like, Oh yeah. He scrambled it too.
0: <laughs> he scrambled it so great. <laughs> Look at the effing bull guy gets a free steak.
1: <laughs> I love it. When he says, uh, man, anything that goes that far I ought to have a f- stewardess on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could, we could yeah, quote so all good. night. These movies are, are really, truly one of the great quotable movies of all time. One of the lines in, in major league when he says, uh, and the guys in the stands are like, it's too high. What do you mean too high? <laughs> too high. The trajectory of the ball, is too, too high. What's the difference?
0: It's out of here. That's a great part of Major League is that they cut to the fans. Because I got to say, I, I've tried to figure out who the main character is in Major League, and I can't figure it out. I can't pay. Pl- I think it's Cleveland. I think Cleveland might be the main character in the movie. Because it's a story about them and their poor, pathetic team that everybody knows is pathetic. And that's the cinderella story that we get and so that's why you have these scenes where it cuts to the guys you know up in the stands where there's only four people and they're doing the wave by themselves or the guys who are working the grounds who are Actually, father and son. By the way, I don't know if you know that. Actual father and son, and then Neil Flynn, who is nobody at the time, is is one of the like the construction guys who's like these effing whatever. He's throwing the f bomb and whatever he says. He went on to be the janitor in Scrubs, which was a pretty major part, and then, and now he's playing the dad in the middle which is it's interesting to see those guys who's their starting point who have gone on to do great things like him and also obviously wesley snipes and renee russo
1: i love the line also from bull durham where he says he
0: tells nuke he says don't think it can only hurt the ball club (laughs) one one last thing you're gonna have to learn your cliches you're gonna have to study them we got to play it one day at a time It's pretty boring. Of course it's boring. That's the point. Write it down. You see that scene and then you see the last scene when he's in the, when he's in the major leagues and he's doing his interview. And then you watch any player doing an interview in professional sports after that point, And you're like, Oh my gosh, he's learned his cliches because everybody's always about the team. Yep. But I guess it's not like, not everybody enjoyed the movie. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, who do no, you no. know that didn't enjoy it? Well, Mickey Mantle, you were telling me this story.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. I need to tell you this story. Okay. Thank you. You teed it up for me and I, and I didn't even see it
0: coming. <laughs> <I was laughs> right. You want me to do it again?
1: Will you please tell me when you're going to throw me the fastball? When you speak uh, of me, speak well, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So Mickey Mantle didn't enjoy it. So he was on with a, like a late night talk show. I don't know if it was Letterman or somebody else, but they were asking him, Hey Mickey, did you see this new funny baseball movie called Bull Durham? And he said, yeah, I saw it. And they were like, what'd you think, Mick? It was really funny, right? And he's like, yeah, you know, yeah. And he was, his reaction was sort of, "Eh, yeah, I saw it, you know. And the host could tell, Mick, you didn't think this movie was funny? And so he finally pinned him down and Mickey was like, no, I I didn't really think it was funny. I thought it was sad. Sad. Sad, yeah. How could it be sad? So the host is like, sad? What are you talking about? It made me sad because that guy could play. referring to Crash Davis, he could hit. And it just made him sad to think about all the friends that he had in the minor leagues that were stuck behind guys like Mickey Mantle who never made it to the big time, but could play. I just thought that was a really interesting perspective on the movie. Okay. So it's time for Final Judgment. You
0: ready? Let's go to Final Judgment. Okay. Okay. We've done rock and roll. We've done pop. We've done Alternative. I don't anticipate that we're going to do an episode on jazz, but here's the thing. (laughs) I like jazz. I didn't used to. Uh, I didn't understand it and it wasn't for me, but at some point I've encountered some live jazz when I was bartending and I was like, wait, that's pretty good. And then I developed a taste for it and I enjoyed it, but I still love rock and roll. Okay. Bull Durham is jazz. Burl Durham is smooth and sweet and Gets you little touches of flavor that you just aren't going to get in your standard hard rock song. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I love, love, love it. Major League is rock and freaking roll, man. It is wild thing, make my heart sing, kick butt the whole time. Simple, straightforward Cinderella story, but filled with the comic genius that... Any guy who's been on a baseball, who's who's been on any kind of sports team, can just dive into. And so, I know this is not right. I know this is not fair. I have to call this a tie. I can't. Ugh. I can't pick because I love jazz. I love the poetry of Bull Durham. I love the lessons and the the two teachers and their their the conflict in. Their relationship, it's just so beautiful as the way that it plays out. I love that story, but it kind of peters out. You know, it just kind of slowly, like a jazz song, just you don't get some sort of hard rock ending where they're crescendo. It's, its uh, you know, Nuke goes on and then there's more story about Crash. And it's not this climactic ending, but I still love it. But with Major League, you get... You get two climactic endings. you get call on the shot and you get give them the heater it's so so perfect a guy movie they're both very guy movies, but I think major League is a guy guy movie, and I think that bull Durham is a movie that both men and women can enjoy that's good that's good you kind of you' you're, you're kind of close to my
1: my, my comparison as well, but here's what I came up with on these two movies. All right. Yeah. So I love them both. These are two of the best baseball movies ever made. I appreciate these two movies as being great baseball movies. So for me, Major League is Bon Jovi. It makes music for the masses. It yeah. makes baseball accessible. It makes baseball fun. Yep. It's it's what everybody Loves everybody can enjoy this movie, right? Bull Durham is like the police. Okay. <laughs> wow. Great music. Yeah. Great songs. Yep. If you're a musician, you probably appreciate them a little more than the average person does. Yeah. The, the craftsmanship there. Yeah. Right. So, as a ball player, the ins and outs and the intricacies that are demonstrated in Bull Durham, I I, I, I lean Bull Durham. I got to tell you, Bull Durham is a little bit more – it's closer to my heart for whatever reason. Right. There's, Let me tell you, there's a scene in Bull Durham. I saw Ron Shelton talk about this. There's a scene where Nuke, when he gives up a bunch of runs, they pull him out. And as he's walking to the locker room, Ron Shelton – there's like a three-second scene where Nuke is walking – and he said the only reason he had that scene in the movie is because he wanted spikes on concrete. He wanted that sound. And for me, I, that sound is meaningful to me. It probably means nothing to you or anybody else. But that, those are the small hidden gems of Bull Durham that a ball player appreciates. Yeah. So I love the love story. I love Major League.
0: I just love bullderm just a little bit more. I understand, and those things that you're talking about, that like the cleats on the concrete, there are little nuances associated with the sport, and even just the time of year that it's played. the The fact that that baseball is played in the spring, and the weather is a particular way, and the sun sets at a particular time, and there is a romance about baseball. That you don't get with indoor sports. Sure, that you you don't necessarily get with stadium sports like like football. There's something magical that I, I think they they do a, a great job of capturing in Field of Dreams as well. But but certainly Bull Durham, they capture that essence. I, I I can't fault you for leaning that way at all. My wife will agree with you. Bull Durham is the best. My ten year old will tell you that. Major League is the best baseball movie of all time. Well, and I can't blame you for that. What We want to hear from you guys. Yeah. Please check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. The Shirley You Can't Be Serious podcast on both of those at Shirley's podcast. If you happen to be searching that way. But yeah, check us out and tell us what you think. Tell us if you think that there are other baseball movies out there that are comparable to this one. There were a lot coming out at this time, so we'd love to hear what you've got to say on this.
1: Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. Let us hear from you. If you've got a great idea for a podcast you'd like for us to do, let us know that.
0: A good friend of mine used to say, this is a very simple game. You throw the ball. (laughs) You catch the ball. You hit the ball. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes it rains. Think about that for a while. All music images and movie clips are used for the purposes of commentary and education in conjunction with the Fair Use Agreement under the U.S. Copyright Law.